Fun Belt Podcast. Fun Belt Podcast. Fun Belt Podcast. Fun Belt Podcast. It's just a, a great conference that is at a, at a point right now where they're, I think, clearly the best group of five conference in the country. The state of fun, Sun Belt football is the strongest in our history. Uh, and we've got to continue to showcase uh, what our league is about. Welcome in, guys, to another Fun Belt podcast evening. Uh, Join with the uh, fabulous Dusty Thibodeau and Jeremy Harper uh, of their sites, respectively. I'll let them uh, – y'all should know by now, right? This is not the first show, uh, but good to, good to see you guys. Good to hear, hear you. And, I, yes, I am back. I did not get fired. Uh, that was a Twitter rumor, uh, the, the mad Fun Belt podcast Twitter uh, verse. Uh, the excommunication did not happen. It was unsuccessful. I'm back. <laughs> there were rumors across college football. Had Ben been kidnapped? Had had he joined the Merchant Marines? Was there some sort of hit put out onto him? I'm, we're so happy to see you back because we're really worried about you, Ben. I'm the one with the hit. I mean, the Lafayette people. I mean, I'm I'm sure my address is out there already. You're a lot more careful. New location every week, but Ben, you know, he just kind of lives his life, you know, on the on the edge, making Georgia Southern fans angrier and angrier. One day, maybe. Maybe we'll find him at the bottom of that beautiful, what was it, beautiful Eagle Creek. So, in splashing the water, you know, disrespecting their baptism. Uh, well, well here, here's what will make them uh, even more excited. We bring on their actual real rival. I say that, uh, and someone who covers Appalachian State today, because it's the it's time for the Mountaineers uh, to get their just dues on the Fun Belt podcast. And uh, with that is Ethan Joyce of the Winston Salem Journal. Ethan, thanks for joining the madness and, and the fun. We have uh, plenty of questions for you this evening. Uh, how are you, sir? I'm good. I wish I would have known when you reached out last week to be like, were well, you going to be on this one too? Because I don't you know. But no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad I can do this for you guys. Ethan, you got to ask the first question there. You know, it's an exciting time right now where the Sun Belt has two teams ranked in the top 25. The Mountaineers just outside. You're a top 25 voter. What did you do to your Mountaineers? Yeah, we well, didn't see a vote. Well, you know, I think I think one of the things you really have to consider, you have a season that was good by most standards, but it wasn't necessarily a good season with the standard that I think they've been used to. Um, you know, so I think the question mark there for me is really what the quarterback situation is going to look like. Chase Bryce obviously has a lot of talent, but I think you're looking at an App State team that has the biggest range of possibilities at the quarterback position than they've ever had before. It's been so sturdy from, from Taylor Lamb to Zach Thomas. And then you, you run into a scenario where you kind of see the effects of a few coaching transitions and the need to bring in a grad transfer quarterback because you, know, you exposed a lot of guys to a few offenses really quickly. Um, you know, that's the big thing for me. And I think any of those guys on that team would tell you that they weren't happy with last year at all. You don't, you don't beat any AP top 25 teams last year. You were, you were in there close with a couple, but you don't beat them. So I think I, I've got to see a few things before that's, that's something that I'm comfortable doing 
And I, I mean, I tried to put, I thought I put coastal and Louisiana up relatively high to where they, they were, you know, slotted overall, but um, it is a cool time for the Sunbelt for sure. Well, you know, coastal and Louisiana are two of the teams that ended up beating Appalachian state, but the game that I saw last year that I thought really set the tone for the Mountaineers it was a game that really surprised me in the way that the Mountaineers handled it was that game against Marshall. I was kind of shocked about how poorly uh, Appalachian played that game. And I actually asked uh, Sean Clark, you know, if there was any, any game plan for uh, 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 facing this revenge game against Marshall this year. What, what do you think happened against Marshall? And do you think it's going to happen again when Marshall visits Boone this year? So what I think happened is you saw the first example of how badly that offense was going to miss Corey Sutton. Um, You know, that was the game where you realized that the deep threat wasn't necessarily there for app as much as they were used to. I, I mean, that's been Corey's MO from the moment he started playing, you know, Penn state, he had a couple of really big catches in 2018 and he's been a game breaker like that every time he's been on the field, you know, so you, you, they, I think that really kind of exposed their lack of ability to go vertical and Marshall really just kind of set in and said, we know you're going to try to run the ball. We're going to stack it up and we're going to see if you can take a shot and beat us. And it just didn't, it didn't go their way. Now you had, you know, you had a couple of fluky things in there mainly that, that, you know, the the touchdown that should have been that became a fumble because it was punched out there at the goal line. But that that's what that team really struggled with. And so that's why I think the Marshall game's a little different this year, too, is because you have a Corey Sutton that lost the end of his 2019 season, used 2020 to recover and get healthy, and he's going to come back hungry. I think that's going to be a real big difference for for this team. Yeah, Corey Sutton, he's been on the team since the 80s, right? <laughs> There's a lot of guys that check that box. They've been around How is a while he still now. alive? It seems like <laughs> we've been playing Corey Sutton for 100 years now. He must be a 100-year-old man. I never, I never would have thought that I would have gotten this deep into this beat and still be covering some of the guys that I'm covering. You know, like I, sometimes I look around and I'm like, is Taylor Lamb still here? You know? <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, like I've – and that's, and that's what's so interesting, too, is you, you have a team that is going to look, for the most part, so similar to what it looked like last year. And I think you're going to bring in – you're bringing in an offensive coordinator in Frank Ponce that's a little more familiar with the way that they used to play offense at App. And I think it's probably going to pay off. Um, it's just kind of about getting, getting him adjusted and settled. Well, it wasn't just Chase Bryce. There's guys, you know, that I look up and down these transfer lists and, you know, it's something that – uh, you know, the coaching staff certainly took advantage of, you know, grab, grabbing guys specifically on the defensive side of the ball. That was what kind of jumped out and popped to me. They looked like some help in the defensive secondary uh, that, that I saw. I know the kid from Stanford came in uh, as well. They, they got older and it looked like smarter over there, I guess, if you will. Uh, but, but they, you know, skill positions are almost never an issue for app, but uh, to see, to see so many guys, uh, specifically rush from the transfer portal to app. Has that been a philosophy change? Is it Coach Sean Clark just taking a look and saying, all right, here's what's available? Um, you know, what, what, what has kind of been the, the mentality there building that roster? Yeah, I actually asked him about that because 
you know, there was a, there was a run there where they pick up chase, they pick up Stu head from, from Stanford. Like you mentioned, they pick up Jameer Smith from Notre Dame, the running back, like, like, um, I mean, that, that kind of went everywhere. And so I think that um, when I asked him, I was like, you know, is this, is this something you want to do every year? And he said, and ideally no, Um, you know, I think, I think when it comes down to it, this is a program where I want guys to be in it for a long time. So I think they kind of understand the way we want to do things and what it means. And, you know, the stuff that you say when you're, you're in a football program for four or five years. Um, But I, I was kind of surprised by it too. I think, I think there were just a couple of question marks, you know, coming out of spring, I'm, I'm trying to remember it because that seems like three years ago now, but when they were coming out of spring, there was um, some safety depth concern and that's where Stu kind of came in and helped out. They also added Madison Cohn from Wisconsin. That's another guy that I omitted. Um, and, but I'll say, I'll tell you, Stu is a really interesting piece because I don't know if you've seen the measurements of that guy, but he's a massive safety, like huge guy. Um, and I'm kind of intrigued to see how he, they're going to move him around in that defense, but also, I think he's going to be a real significant special teams guy for them too. And I mean, as a guy that's, I think six, four hard charging like that, that'd be a pretty spooky situation when you're trying to return a ball. You know, when I think of Appalachian state, I think of a perfectly baked cake, like it's fully cooked from the fringe to the center of the cake. I hope you're going somewhere with this, Jeremy. I am. I want to know, is there a gooey part? of the cake in 2021 is there a weakness that teams can exploit for Appalachian State this year I don't know if there's a gooey part I think there's I think the only part you look at and say like oh is that done I'm not sure should I give it like another minute no it's probably fine you know I think I think it's it's probably Chase Price because it's a scenario where he was he showed talent at Clemson he was put on a, a not very good Duke team and probably the hardest year that any college football player has ever had to deal with, not to mention a guy that transferred into a program and tried to adjust. And I think as, as great as, as Dave Cutcliffe is with quarterbacks, I think there's also something to be said for the layers that he expects from his quarterback that you just don't develop that quickly, especially when we're all sequestered from each other. You know, so, so is Bryce I, the guy, though, or is Jacob Usman, or I, I might mispronounce the name, does he have a shot at being the number one, too? No, I, I think Chase is the guy. That's kind of been they, – they've said, to, they've said every time it's come up, whether it was in spring, whether it was, you know, Sunbelt Media Day, whether it was the start of fall camp, is that Chase Bryce is the guy leading, and if somebody if somebody usurps him, then, you know, they're going to take it over. But Chase – is the guy they're looking at. Jacob was a guy that was really needed, to be honest, because they just needed to to make sure that room had some depth in case there was a, an injury to Chase. You know, Jacob's been a, a really good program guy, and he's also started in like a f- in a few spots or came in in a few spots to kind of help keep things steady. You know, before Coastal was this giant that came out of nowhere, you know, Jacob Huseman – won a game at Coastal in 2018, if I'm remembering correctly, or maybe 2019. I might be mixing that up. But anyways, he's he's a guy that's gonna be here. You can just say whatever you want. But he's he's a guy that they needed because 
they have some young quarterbacks in the room and some of those have just been added and, you know, some of those just aren't ready. And so I think they just wanted to make sure they had a sturdy hand in there just in case worst case scenario happened. Coming out of the gates this year, you have a great matchup there against East Carolina. Is that the game that you really kind of have circled in those uh, non-conference that that's the one you have to win? Or do you feel it's even week two where you travel to Miami? I and think I'll you- give you the, the third option. Or is it the revenge game where you're going to Marshall to get that? No offense to Elon. I'm sure they're great. But oh, I, Elon. Yeah, why are you busting on Elon? Yeah. Phoenix, baby. They're the Phoenix. I, they will not rise in that game. That's my that's, best that, that's old SoCon blood, man. You never know. Um, but I think, I think if you're looking at those games, East Carolina – App State would I think I think if you look at that game that should be a pretty big showing for App. Um, I'm not really exactly sure where ECU stands. I know they've obviously been down a few years, um, and so I think if you were going to come out and make a statement, that'd be a game to do it. I think the Miami game, those are the house money games. Scott Satterfield always used to say that. I think Jerry Moore said it before him, and I'm sure other coaches in, in a school that's considered small have said that too. But, you know, my, if you go down and play well against Miami and have a good showing, I think that's a feather in your cap when you're potentially talking about a college football playoff committee, maybe mentioning a G5 team for a second and then, you know, looking the other way. Uh, Marshall probably realistically in this non-conference, that's the one that you really, I think – if you're App State, you look at that one, and that's that's the one that says a lot for you, especially especially if you can do it in a way where you produce a lot more than you did the last time because that last time was on national TV, and it was not a pretty sight. You get the Panthers there to kick off Sunbelt play, and then you get the off week, and then really back-to-back tough games where you're going to Lafayette to face the Cajuns and then playing host to Coastal Carolina – which one of those is, is kind of big or you think they're really one and the same that, that you got to win them both? Um, I think, I think Louisiana and app state have become just really, really good games. So I, I think you, you expect app state and Louisiana to be tight games. Now. I think if, if you're talking, if, if, if someone inside app state was talking candidly, that coastal game is probably one that they, they, they look at and think like, this is, I mean that. I mean, honestly, like that's going to determine the East Division more than likely. Um, one thing I've noticed, Ethan, and and tell me if I'm wrong, which I don't think I am. I know Louisiana hates Coastal because of the brouhaha with not playing whatever the conference game was, whatever Louisiana. But it sounds to me like if there's one team that Appalachian State really hates right now, it's Coastal Carolina. Am I misreading that? There seems to be a lot of tension between the two. I I don't know if I can give a great answer because there are clearly some layers between those two fan bases that I just don't have a good concept for. But I'll tell you that as somebody that's watched App State kind of progress here, you know, you've you've got a 2018 and a 2019 season where App State becomes ranked. If they handle their business, they're more than likely in that very serious conversation for the New Year's Six group of five spot. And in 18 and 19, they lose to Georgia Southern and it ruins that, it ruins that buildup. And then in 2020, you have a fluky season. App doesn't look as strong. And out of nowhere, Coastal just hits everybody in the mouth and not only takes care of their business, 
but they add a BYU game and beat them pretty handily too. I think part of that, and it's it's a pretty logical thing where it's like App State's been consistent for 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 a good while now, and then this rocket just shoots right by, by them. I think part of it's that, at least from from my perspective, you know. So I I do think that's going to play into the rivalry that you see between those two schools, and specifically in that game. But that that is true. It does seem to me that Coastal Carolina is a is a team. Uh, and and Ben has some pretty good uh, opinions about about that as well about Coastal Carolina suddenly becoming this really strong football team coming out of nowhere and really stealing a lot of thunder and lightning from some OGs of the conference. You know, Coastal Carolina used to be that 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 program that you can sort of put a check mark to uh, and say, well, that's going to be a win. Suddenly, they're the darlings of the Sun Belt, which is a space formerly occupied by Appalachian State, which is actually a space formerly occupied by Troy, which is a space formerly occupied by Arkansas State. So now there's a lot, probably a lot of room for jealousy and anger. Is Appalachian State under the radar this year? I think you can make that argument, honestly, because it does it does seem like there's more excitement when you're looking at a, a coastal when you're looking at a louisiana obviously that's another thing too is you you're talking about two teams that start ranked in in the preseason poll app hasn't done that you know so that's kind of a that's kind of a weird aspect of that too um so i do think there is an component of of them being underrated i do think that probably plays into why some of these guys or a lot of these these super seniors have come back. Um, so I'm kind of excited to see how that plays out because obviously I think as a senior year, those guys wouldn't have been happy for last year to be there last year. Ethan, take us on to the campus there in Boone, North Carolina. What's kind of the game day traditions? What's it like when it's the fall? You know, they, like there's there's been a lot of change on campus here lately where one of the one of the just killer tailgate spots for App State was uh, the stadium lot right beside the stadium. And that would always just be full, full of people. And there's been a lot of building around App State lately that's kind of turned that into a nice quad. And I'm not, I'm not really privy to whether that's going to become a tailgating space, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be what it was. You know, I think I, they've moved some of those spaces to the parking deck. They moved some to other spots. And I think it's still going to be a, a pretty rowdy and cool atmosphere Fallen Boone man is is just the best because it's it's always you know you get a nice sunny sixty degree day the trees are are changing colors that I mean like it's I honestly try to at least every game to sit in the press box and look out and just take a moment to like have a little moment of zen I guess because it really is one of the one of the best views that you could have in a college football stadium when you're sitting in a press box. And I, I try to not let myself forget that because I've gone to a bunch of other places, not really that great a view, you know, and I get spoiled by this view every time I'm at a, an app state game. So that's, that's always a little fun tradition that I, as, as part of my, like I'm getting my notes together. I'm, I'm like getting my, my word doc pulled up and started. And I try to take my, my few seconds and really enjoy the scenery because if you get just wrapped up in work, you miss stuff like that. What about game day traditions? What uh, what's the the must do when when you're on campus there? Uh, you know, it'd be. I'm trying to give you like a a good answer. My game day traditions are are just like getting there early before everybody else does. Get in the press box. 
I don't, I can't really think of anything specific. I would just say if you, if you got here early ahead of a game to just walk around and take in, take in Boone and all its glory and, and miss mystique because it's a great little town. I know what you mean. I mean, I traveled a lot with ULM in the past and, you know, I mean, I've been to Texas, been to Arizona state. It's great to say, Oh, I've been to all these great stadiums, but you don't really get to go to the campus. You're pretty much getting to the stadium to get there, to get ready for pregame. And then within an hour, you're gone after the game. So it's, it's great to see them when they're empty. It, it, It definitely plays with your mind when you're standing in, DRK there at Texas and, you know, 110,000 and you look around and there's nothing. There's people, you know, a handful of people putting out seat cushions and that's really all there is. But it, it, it's it's a different perspective of the game. And it, it's just always interesting to hear how everyone else takes in these games and, and also what goes on on campus. Because a lot of times we when we're covering games, we don't get to see what's going on. We don't get to go play in the ditch like Ben does um, when he's down in, in Statesboro. Yeah, I, I have not made that uh, made that beautiful Eagle. I haven't set foot in beautiful Eagle Creek. Uh, and I don't think Ethan has either, um, but uh, I can't speak for you there. But uh, we 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 laugh often uh, with uh, with with uh, that baptism. I don't think app has anything like that. I don't think uh, any other program that I know of has anything like that. Uh, but Ethan, I want to get your take on the East as a whole. Uh, you know, Bill Connolly came out from ESPN and said, hey, it's the hardest division in, uh, in, in Group of Five football. And certainly I don't have an argument uh, with that uh, top to bottom. I mean, the, the worst team projected is Georgia Southern, and they still could go to a bowl game, you know, basically in the East. Just want to see your takeaway uh, from seeing how the East uh, kind of has built. And you mentioned it with Coastal. I mean, they've kind of obviously rocketed to the top now. But uh, what's your takeaways so far? Yeah, I think I think that's what's been kind of cool from my perspective because, you know, like you guys have probably seen in your time around the Sun Belt, it's been top heavy at times, and and especially like in that, trying to think that 2018 season where you had App State, Georgia Southern, and Troy, they were just kind of banging against each other, and everybody else really wasn't keeping up. And now you see a conference that very much has a lot more depth. Um, I'm, I'm really intrigued by, I mean, obviously like super, super bold take here. I'm intrigued by coastal, not, not, not to say like, I don't have faith in them to do it again. Cause I think they have a, there, it's a really interesting offense. I think it's, it's kind of built to be successful there. Um, what, what I think is going to be hard is that lightning in a bottle isn't something that's necessarily replicated, um, easily. And, they could play as good as they want, but you're not going to have a season like that again where you win these games, you get more exposure because some teams aren't playing. Um, you have the flexibility to add a game that gets you into the, the national conversation. Um, that's going to be hard to do, you know. And so I kind of want to see how they deal with that. Like how do they deal with the fact that there is going to be a lot of pressure the way to replicate it's going to be so minuscule. Um, I want to see how they handle the pressure of being this big dog for, for the last year. Do you see anybody from the East sort of uh, seep or bubbling to the top that we don't expect that's not expected aside from the big two, or I guess the, yeah, the big two of coastal Carolina and Appalachian state. I don't. um, And that's just, that's just because I think, 
since I've been there, it's, it's only been app state really at the top, you know, since I, since I've been around this beat. And so I'm, I'm genuinely, genuinely shocked. Uh, I'll be shocked if, uh, you know, a, a Georgia Southern in second place, not that it couldn't happen in the East division or like, but I just, I think app and coastal, you know, coastal obviously has all the pressure app has the, this, this tradition of showing up in the, in the top of those standings. And so to see anything else w- would surprise the hell out of me for sure. <laughs> so you're a citizen of the East. Do you have any observations about the West? I gotta be honest. I'm, I'm probably not as good about paying attention to the West as I should be just because mm-hmm. I feel like one, it's like, it's always kind of been a little bit of a mystery to me. Like, I mean, Texas state's a perfect example of a team that's always been a mystery to me. And especially the way that they're started they're, the way that they've kind of handled their recruiting and stuff this year, as far as the team that they're putting together. And so the experience they're bringing in, um, you know, I think, I think that's always been the thing that was difficult was that I didn't need to pay as much attention to the West when I started. And now I need to more. Um, like I, I definitely probably pay more attention to Louisiana than I do anybody else. Um, at least here lately, cause that's been kind of the thorn that's been the, not necessarily a thorn in app side, but it's been the one that they've gone back and forth with a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I showed up right as Arkansas state was cooling down a little bit, you know? So I, I just, I've said this, a lot of, a lot this summer, but I think, I think the Sunbelt that you have right now is a really cool situation for the league um, because it's never been like this. And I think the, I think the conference could stand to do a little better with tooting that horn and trying to talk about how good this league can be. That's been a, it's a, it's been a really cool evolution to see from, from my vantage point since I started this job in 2017. That's why we're here is to toot the, the Sunbelt horn and to, you know, flare up the sun and everything else that we could say. We are in full toot. Now, it might be the beer, <laughs> but, but there is some tooting going on. <laughs> I, all right. So one guy, I want, want to ask you a question about a guy that, that also seems to be around forever, even though he has it. Cam Peebles. Cam mm-hmm. Peebles. Is he really going to be the breakout star of the Sunbelt this year or is he does he just seem to have a lot of hype surrounding him well I think Cam has Cam is as one of those people that's just like freakish looking for his position because he's like 6'3 and 215 pounds and you don't see that a lot as a at a running back especially when you consider an App State program that they kind of made their bread and butter on the guys that were shaped like Marcus Cox and Jalen Moore you know kind of shorter like shorter stockier guys cam isn't short he is pretty stocky and he's he's his speed surprises you and i think it's because it's it's because like his legs the range that he has when he moves his legs the thing about cam that's always been interesting is when when he came in as a freshman i mean scott satterfield in in the the media day i guess it was probably 2018 said we like Cam Peoples. We think he's going to be one of the – we think he could be one of the best to ever do it at App State. Um, it, I mean, like, so he came in with, with some, of that, some of that pressure cooked into him. Um, and then he ran into the scenario of missing the 2019 season. So you didn't get to see it 
like like maybe you thought you would then. And and even in 2020, it's not like he had a quiet year. He definitely ended it on a big note in, in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. But, you know, App has always kind of leaned on the multiple back system, which is is kind of what college football is now. Um, I think Cam's thing will be, you know, if he stays healthy this whole season, I think he definitely could be. I really think he could be, you know, the best running back in in the Sun Belt for sure. It's just about like what kind of opportunity does he get in a backfield that's pretty pretty congested, and you know, does he stay healthy and 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 show that he can do it? Um, I think he can, and I but I've watched the guy practice for years now. Um, I think I think he's incredibly talented. He's also a wonderful guy to talk to in an interview. Um, so I wouldn't hate to talk to him more um, just, just in my job. So if he has a good year, it's probably, it probably means good quotes for me all season. <laughs> That's great. Okay. So cause we're not afraid to answer really dumb questions, ask dumb questions or answer or answer dumb questions or, or, or even, you know, present dumb questions. Uh, what do you think about the Sunbelt's, there have been names bandied about for possible Sunbelt expansion. Whether it happens or not, that's another question. Mm. But if it were, who would you like to see enter the league? And somebody reasonable, somebody that you think could actually that it could actually happen. I mean, we'd all like to see like uh, Alabama come into the league or somebody like that. But who do you think would be somebody who who Appalachian State would like to see come into the league? You know, I, I mean, I think. I think we've talked about him already. I think Marshall is a no-brainer um, because it's it's more baked in rivalry, especially for some of the teams that was added in that last that last swath of additions um, when Benson kind of oversaw that. Um, I'm trying to think who would be others. I actually like math this out one time. I'm trying to pull it up now because I got I was like one summer I got into trying to make a realignment pitch and then everybody did that. And I was like, well, now I'm going to look stupid. And I'm not gonna <laughs> no, do that you wouldn't look stupid. You would just look like everybody else, which is what <laughs> I think all of us in this, in this uh, room have done that at one point or the other. And so like, I mean, I, I think Marshall's the no brainer. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to pull up my sheet here and it's not cooperating. Um, wasn't TCU because that's who Dusty was uh, aiming for, I believe. Today. No, Dusty's aiming yeah. for Idaho. Yeah, no, we've already we've already talked to you know a, a national writer from the Athletic who said that was really really dumb. So yeah. I, you know maybe go with that guy. I don't know. No, I'm 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 back on Texas Tech with the the oh. infamous bell ringer and tortillas on the field. All right, all right. But Ethan, as you're pulling up. up your your data, what do you think of Idaho? Oh, Jesus! Huh? Bring it, bring, bring it back. What? No, 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 do not. See, do. see, don't encourage Dusty about Idaho anymore. That was one. Of, I gotta tell you, that's like one of the coolest trips I've made, though. Like oh, one of the. I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, awesome trip, cool, cool little area. Uh, the Kibby Dome is something to experience if you can. Um, Dusty, I'm I'm on it. I'm on stretching the I'm I'm on stretching the Sun Belt out again. You've <sighs> made his week, Ethan. Seriously, like it's just <sighs> yeah. 
Just like Ben, when you were gloating, when uh, we had Chris Vanini on to say Georgia State was the sleeper in the East of, and, and in the Sun Belt, and, and you were just gloating ear to ear, happy as could be, going, I'm glad it's not just me. Well, guess what? I'm glad it's not just me. That's what, that's what happens when you Venmo the host. It's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, to go back to the question for me, though, I think when I was putting this together and I was thinking who would make sense for Marshall to kind of be this kind of hit that travel partner check, you know, when that was more of a thing. Um, I thought I thought James Madison would be a cool addition. If you were if you were going to go into Virginia, you might as well try to get to um, I'm thinking very regionally here, obviously, but. I always thought that a, a conference that could have app and NCA and T in it would be really cool. A and T is a great program right now. They actually just joined the big South. Um, and when I was like hypothesizing part of that probably played into our coverage area, we're like, you know, the, the Winston Salem and Greensboro newspaper sports staffs are one. And so it was like, well, this would make a lot of sense because they're right here. It's another good program, but I, I kind of wonder, I think everybody kind of romanticizes taking the, the CUSA and Sunbelt and going like that and letting them fall to two sides and there they are. Sure. Um, I don't know. It's just like I think the Sunbelt now would be better off to try to poach an AAC team or two if it could in my <laughs> mind, you know. But, um, but that's, that's kind of – I would say going into Virginia, going to get Marshall – maybe get a JMU if you could. Um, Cause that would be, and that would be kind of in that same mold as bringing the FCS programs up into a conference again. Um, I think those are the ones that I, that were like, those are the solid for me when I was putting that together. What about Liberty? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I just, I don't think, I don't think, it, I think they're going to be alone for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Here's the thing about Liberty for me. Like about three years ago, I was so anti-Liberty. Yeah. And not, not anti-freedom, but anti-Liberty of the school. And then now that they're doing so well and they poured so much money, I, I, like the money, the dollar signs have actually affected me a little bit. I'm like, maybe we should look at Liberty again. But I wonder if even Liberty is like, like we kind of like being independent. We can do what we want or whatever. But I, I can't speak for Ben and I can't speak for Dusty, although I often do. CUSA Sunbelt Mega Conference is very intriguing to me. I, ben, I don't know what you, what you think about that. I, every time I mention it, you kind of get this look on your face like, oh, shit. But Mega Conference, what do you think, Ben? I just think it's the way to go. It's the money, man. It's the money. It's it's splitting the pie even worse. And I, and I it gets to the point where the Conference USA has wants, and the Sun Belt goes, "That's cute," and we pat him on the head and say, "Guess what? You chose wrong. You you picked the wrong schools. Now our TV deals are better. So you know you can't come back. We're, we're the cool kids club, and you want back." And like, that puts us in the position of power, Ben. That means we can call the shots. We can do whatever we want with these guys. That, yeah, I, I, w- I want to see Keith build the dictator, right? That, that's Jeremy's ultimate idea. He wants to get <laughs> anyway, on and yeah, start that, bossing people around. That'd be amazing. Actually, the more you say, when you put it that way, that does sound pretty gross. So <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd be fun to watch. <laughs> Ethan Joyce, tell us. 
mega conference, yes or no? I, I see. I that's one of those scenarios where where a couple of years ago it made more sense, and I feel like a mega conference like that now is is something that kind of pulls down the Sun Belt side of that a little bit in my mind. And I mean, I agree with I agree with Ben in the sense that like I'm I'm shackled to the idea that these these schools like the splits that they're getting pot wise and they're not going to want to add more friends and and try to try to be honky dory about it either. And so I, I don't, I mean, I think it could be cool. I think it would help travel for, for some of the teams, especially like your, your app States and your coastals um, where they're, they're not just getting destroyed by the, the trips, you know, halfway across the country. Um, I don't see it though. I'm not, you know, I'm, all right. So already you betrayed me with Idaho. You and Dusty are all in Idaho. Now, maybe you don't for life. Ben are all anti mega conference. You had a good run, Ethan. <laughs> I'm the, yeah, no, I'm the third wheel here. I can see what's going on. I'm being forced out. I am like, I don't know what I'm like, but I can. It's, fun, I can, it's I, fun belt survivor. I love it. <laughs> You don't I'm have ex- to hear I'm- a door slam to know it's been closed. I see what's going on here. You guys are shutting me out, even though I've got these great ideas about never allowing Idaho ever within 100 feet of the Sun Belt and Mega Conference, which is clearly the future of college football. But fine, fine. Let's just, just go ahead and you guys leave me. I'm done. I'm done talking. I have, I have usurped you out of this, this podcast like, like Coastal usurped. App State. <laughs> yes, I feel like the New Mexico State of this group. <laughs> you just bounced me out. I'm begging to come back in. I'm offering you money. And you guys are like, just no, no. But no. what of you, Jeremy? What of you? I would just like to take this moment to say that you should go to the Kippy Dome, though, because it's <laughs> it true it truly is a magical experience. It's a barn. <laughs> it's a hanger. <laughs> Are you saying we're back to you not being anti-liberty that you hate hangers? And if there's something that you would like to plug real quick or talk about uh, where you're from or a new story that's coming up, we'd love to hear about it. What's you know, on? I'll say uh, follow me on Twitter for sure at by Ethan Joyce. Also to plug a story I'm working on. I've been I've been working on a series or not really a series, but a big project on Hispanic Latino coaches in Division One football for really it's kind of been in my mind for a few years but I really got on it these last these last few months and it's going to come out right when the football season starts and I'm gonna it's going to be this giant weight off my back because it's it's just like eating up my days but I'd appreciate the the likes and shares on that one too because it was a really meaningful project for me so hopefully it's a meaningful read for for you guys we'll be looking out for that and we'll be RTing it uh, how about the rest of you guys? Got anything to plug? Dusty, I know you got something to plug. What are you trying to say? I, uh, I'm just saying that you got a lot of uh, irons in the fire. and they. I, I do have a lot of irons in the fire. Uh, I, I think the big plug right now is uh, it's football season. Make sure you're supporting your school. Get your season tickets. Go out to the games. Do your part. If it's staying six feet, if it's getting shot up, whatever it takes, just uh, – Make sure we have a great football season and no more controversies to where we have to hear people screaming about a team having the Rona and not getting to beat them on the field (laughs) in theory. So much passive aggressiveness. I love it. That is the Sun Belt way right there. (laughs) How about you, Ben? 
Yeah, uh, I, I echo uh, Dusty's sentiment as well. Getting to see some high school football on Friday night. Excited to, to get back out there uh, live and in person. Uh, certainly, Georgia's and, and is is not unlike other areas in the country uh, that are getting hit pretty hard and having huge spikes there. So uh, be safe, everybody, and, and uh, just excited to to have football season here. Uh, kick off the season and week zero, August the twenty eighth. We're eleven days from that, and uh, excited. Another season's here, man. Uh, you, you wait all see, you know, all summer for it, and you don't think it's going to arrive, and, and it's, it's here upon us, boys. Definitely, uh, definitely, uh, I'm glad to, you know, can touch it, feel it, give it a big old fat hug. I, I love the altruism that I'm hearing from you, too, but I'm just going to plug my website. If you guys could visit howraiser.com, we've got a new story, a little observation about the AP Top 25, how it's great for the Sun Belt, but it's also a little bit of the same old, same old. So everybody, please take a look at that. I don't really appreciate that, but I also want to echo the sentiments of Ben and Dusty and Ethan talking about the beginning of the season. It's going to be a great season. There's going to be a lot of great uh, games coming up, especially in the first four weeks. I hope that Appalachian State can can rise up from the embarrassment of beating, getting beat by Marshall and just kick their asses. What date is that? Is it the fourth game of the season or the third? Yeah, I can't it's their fourth game. Yeah, okay. it's a, it's a weekday right. game. For the sake of the Sun Belt, for our integrity, we need Appalachian State, Appalachian State to beat that beat, beat Marshall. So I'm putting it all on you, Ethan. If, if you don't win, we're ca- calling you back, and we're going to want an explanation. I'll pass, I'll, I'll pass along to people in the program. I'll be like, hey, you know. When he sees us calling again, he's going to – yeah. <laughs> we'll get to have a great conversation with his voicemail. Exactly. Do not answer this. <laughs> no, man, have you back anytime. This is fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Awesome. Thanks, right. thanks for jumping on, Ethan. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. Take care.